welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 223. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Hi, Henry. Hi. Henry's back, everybody. How you been, Henry? Good. What's new? Nothing. Cool. We're we're still, we're still working on the story. Yeah. We told you last week that we are going to, may take a while, but we're going to write a book together, a graphic we, novel. We started one chapter. I just need to write the, but Dad said that, that he might use that chapter somewhere else in the book. So I'm, sometime today, when we record, the day we're recording this, I'm going to work on the pictures for that book, because it's a graphic novel. Yeah, so I've got a super basic outline for what I think the story's going to be, and Henry has given me some ideas for chapter or two that I'm going to work into that, and he's got ideas for what the characters look like. So things are coming along, and we'll keep you posted. I'm also doing a separate project, just me. It's a book, but it's a coloring book. And, of course, your art, copies of your art are still available, too, Yeah. on the Instagram, so I don't have, don't forget to go check out those posts I on Instagram. I haven't made any more since... Dad put them on my, since he put them on his, on their Toy Bites Instagram page. That's okay. There's a bunch of them there already. But I'm waiting for them to sell. Go check that out. Uh, give you an idea of Henry's style. And if there's anything you want to like pick up. I started doing shading. Since I, I have marker so I can color it now. But I start, I started doing shading. With the what I'm coloring, so it looks a little better, but I'm still working on shading. Alright. I got the parts for to rebuild the controllers for the 5200 that I announced last week that I had picked up. I'm a little nervous about trying to do it, but uh, I will probably tackle that here pretty quick. And, you know, and I'll probably, at some point, I'll report to you guys the uh, the outcome of that project. Maybe probably we'll get next podcast. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe this afternoon we can work on that. So, that's what's going on here. Anything else new going on, Henry? We're still stuck at home. Yeah, we're still stuck. Hopefully all you guys are doing well, staying safe and all of that. Um, playing video games, of course. And I'm, I'm drawing. And Henry's doing a lot of drawing. And climbing a tree and drawing in the tree. <laughs> Henry has, there's a tree in the backyard. Henry likes to go hang out in the tree Cause when the, when they were making... I, when they were cutting down that one bush tree, whatever it's called, next to the fence, they cut the one of the tree, one of the branches of the trees that they cut that they were cutting down, hit one of the branches on the tree that I sit in and draw, and the other branch on the tree that I sit in, but I don't know what happened. It broke something, so they cut it down, and it was the only branch that was like that was thick enough that wouldn't that wasn't that didn't move when I sounded it, and it was almost like perfectly flat, so it was really so it was really easy to sit on it, and then I had to cut it down. What he's talking about is the power company came through, and did some trimming to keep uh, tree branches away from the power lines, and uh, we had one tree where they said, you know, we're going to have to cut so much off of this that you're going to have one like, like one stick. So should we just cut the whole thing down? And they did. And then they also took out a big branch off of the tree that the, Henry's talking about. One of the about. branches that 
that the tree they were cutting down hit that hit that one tree, and then mm. they had to cut that branch off. Well, it's probably it's probably for safety reasons because it yeah. was probably but it, but the, the branches on the tree that they cut down, as far as I saw, the branches on the tree that they cut down weren't very weren't that thick and heavy. They didn't look that heavy. Yeah. But we're still getting through. Everything's fine here. Um, I found a new branch that I can sit on. Yeah, so the, the happy ending to that story is Henry still has a branch he can sit on in the tree and draw uh, and think there's about life. Two, there's two branches that, can, that come together in one. <clears throat> and it creates a little platform. And I, and I can lean up against one of the branches, one of the two branches. And and yeah, and I I use I sometimes bring my drawing bag out, and there's and there's a ooh kitty cat. Did kitty cat want to help with the podcast? As we're recording, we have various animals wandering through the room. You may hear jingling tags and whatnot. The kitty does not want to help with the podcast. No, Zoro not into the podcasting thing. He even shook his head after I said it. Yeah. But anyway. So sometimes I bring my drawing bag out to the tree when I sit in my tree and draw. And there's there's a branch right next to where I sit with the and there's like a little tiny teeny branch that I put my bag on. That I put the strap that I hang the my bag on. Yep. Yeah. So there there are things that we do other than play video games sometimes. And uh, draw. Yeah. Like climb trees so, and then draw. I know we're all uh, socially distant mm. and uh, trying to stay inside, but hopefully you guys are getting outside yeah, a little co- bit. The commercial, I remember this from commercial. It was something. The commercial was something like this. Even though we we so we have to be so we have to social distance doesn't mean we have to be socially distant. Yep. Yeah, commercial. <laughs> Yay, commercials. Yeah, I got that off a of commercial. All right. Well, speaking of commercials, here's one, I think, for this week's game. Neptune challenges you to Secret by Activision. With the Atari 2600, behold, Sequest. Your submarine must help stranded divers escape hungry sharks. Foolish mortals. Check your air supply and beware. Evil pirates abound. I think I hear your tiny divers calling out to you. Steve Cartwright does it again for Activision. Unless I didn't find one for this week's game. I don't remember if I did or not. So I will just tell you what this week's game is. This week's game is Sequest from Activision, 1983. What happens if you find a commercial? I'll drop it in there and people will enjoy it. What about the stuff that you just said about it? It's still relevant. It just it's not as cool because I suddenly realized I suddenly realized as I was talking, I don't remember if I found a commercial for this one. But so, you're gonna find don't you find a commercial in the editing phase instead yes. of before you do? Well, sometimes I find it ahead of time, but I can't remember if I That's did this time or not. That's not how real people do it. They find the real the real pro pros. Hold on. Pro pros. Let's let's break that down. I call, that's what I call professionals. I'm not a real person. No. 
No, am I one of your characters? Podcaster. Am I somebody you drew no, in your sketchbook? Uh, no, podcaster. That, would, that really would explain a lot. Uh, no, a podcaster. A podcaster, people. Oh, okay. See, the professional, the professional podcast people, they find all the stuff that they're going to put in in the editing phase. Well, sometimes they do find it in the editing phase, and sometimes they don't. Anyway, so we're playing Sequest from Activision. We love Activision, Henry. Yeah, we do. Activision games are pretty reliable. But we're playing it on the flashback. Yeah, so I have the cartridge for Sequest. But it did not work. But it's kind of flaky. It worked a few days ago. It what did not work today. Of fla- what does it mean when you say kind of flaky? I can't really rely on it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I tried it the other day. It worked. I tried it today. It did not. But, but you're not, because you're not baking anything. You're not baking biscuits, so it can't be flaky. <laughs> I wondered where you were going with that. Free network. But the flashback came to the rescue. Sequest is on there, Flashback 9, so that's where we played it today. Flashback was designed, probably all of you know this, or many of you know this, by Steve Cartwright. Who is Steve Cartwright? A well-known designer of games for Activision. Activision was one of the leading producers of Atari games back in the day. They made a ton of really good Atari games. Pitfall, River Raid, Mega Mania, Sequest, on and on and on. In Sequest, for those of you who don't know, we get a manual with a, a cool little old-timey map of islands and oceans and things with a compass on it and all sorts of cool stuff like that and a thing that looks like a jalapeno pepper. I don't know what that's supposed to be. What's that supposed to be, Henry? It's a necklace. Some sort of necklace. It's like an emerald necklace. An and emerald, that looks like yeah. a Rolex. It does look like a Rolex. It's a you watch. Know, do you know what a Rolex is? Yes, I know what a Rolex is. What is it? A watch? <laughs> What's that look for? Am I wrong? You don't know what it is either. You're looking it up. Because I want to show you what it is. It's a, it's a really expensive, fancy watch made of metal, diamond, gold, and it's like 10000 something dollars. Like 10000 plus dollars or whatever. So we're told that your divers have retrieved the buried treasure and now you must come to their rescue. The object of Sequest is to retrieve as many treasure treasure divers as you can while dodging and blasting enemy subs and killer sharks all before your oxygen runs out you can use the cartridge for this one here the manual tells us uh, recommends that we set both difficulty switches to b okay. to begin this switches in this position like. will cause fast continuous fire from your submarine set switches in the a position for slower continuous fire does this flashback even have a and b i never looked no. not really uh anyway henry what you're trying to tell me I just put it away. Hold on. Alright. What? Stand by, everyone. This is a Rolex. A Rolex S. A Rolex SA. Is, I don't know what that means. Because I don't speak that language. It's, a, it's like a thingy. It's a Swiss luxury watch. Manufacturer based in Geneva, Switzerland. Geneva, Switzerland. Geneva, Switzerland. Originally founded as Wilsdorf and Davis by Hans and Hans Wilsdorf and Alfred Davis in London, England, in 1905, the company registered Rolex as the brand name of its watches in 1908 and became the Rolex Watch Co. 
LTD in 1915. All right. This has been Rolex Minute. See? I'm just going to throw when it I'm, out there. When I'm here, you learn stuff not based on a toy. <laughs> you know, if anyone wants to send the podcast a Rolex watch, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to say no. Just putting that out there, folks. Well, you would have to... But you would have to make a video and sign up the video of you wearing gloves and a mask and putting it in the thing and wiping wiping it down, wiping the watch down with um, Clorox wipes and then putting it in the box and then sealing the box and wiping the box down with Clorox wipes and send it to us and then you can stop the video and then we're going to wipe down the box with Clorox wipes and then we're going to open the box and then we're going to wipe down the Rolex with Clorox wipes. And okay. then, yeah. Okay. But if, the, if it's not the... If it doesn't have diamonds on it, I'm flushing it down the toilet. All right. First, don't flush diamonds down the toilet. Yeah, pro- that's probably for the a good plumbing. idea. Second, good luck finding Clorox wipes right now. Third, ew, please... Ew. I, and I don't know why why I need to mention this, but I think feel like I should. Please don't send us stolen goods. Yeah. Henry was kidding, just to be clear. I never said <laughs> Don't send, send us anything stolen. I never said send us anything stolen. I never uh, said that. You kind of did. No, what? How? The thing about the video with the mask and the gloves and the wiping it down. And no, no, for, cl- for <laughs> healthy things. Oh, okay. You're not encouraging them to go steal a Rolex. No. Okay. So we don't get sick. All right. Okay. Well, yes, that definitely do that. Yeah, that's a good thought, Henry. Um, I was a little nervous there for a minute. But the Clorox wipes thing is going to be hard to find wipes right now. What? When you listen to this podcast, what, tell, us, tell us in the comments or whatever they call or whatever the podcast people call them, what you think is more, what you think is easier to get, toilet paper or Clorox wipes? That's an interesting question. What it, for all you guys around the country and around the world, uh, what is easier to find? Clorox wipes and toilet paper. I mean, they're not interchangeable. Um, oh, no so matter what they say, <laughs> no wipes are flushable. <laughs> so, yeah, so let us know. Uh, hit us up on the social media, email us. Call, call, mm. You know what? Call the voicemail. We haven't gotten a voicemail call for a while. Have you even answered a voice? Have you even listened to the voicemail? I do when they come in. We just haven't gotten one for a while. All right. Well, back to Sequest. We're using the joystick for this one. Always remember, hold the controller with the red button in the upper left position. My all-time favorite instruction ever for Atari. What? You hold the controller always like this with the button up here. Well... That seems obvious, but they always put that in the manual. Because stupid people... We're not stupid people. That's a little harsh. Maybe not stupid I said, people, That's why I said not stupid people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, it seems obvious to me. That's how but you hold in, it. But in case for dogs and someday and cats. For, <laughs> yes. If your pets want to play, you may need to explain that. Someday I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. So, the object of the game is to rescue the divers. And to do that, you cruise into them with your sub. Because hitting a diver with a submarine, I guess, is helpful. As soon as you have retrieved your sixth but, diver... But you have the... You wear a scuba suit and you have the door open so they can just climb in. I'm wearing a scuba suit right now. No, you're not. And flippers. And I no, got you're the, not. The little, the little hat. No, the you're scuba not. Hat. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. Henry, they don't know. 
Just play along. No! Darn it. So, as soon as you've rescued or retrieved your sixth diver, you hear a beep. Now you have to surface and listen to the six gold ingots worth valuable points plunk onto your deck. I do enjoy it when ingots plunk onto my deck. When the game begins, every killer shark and every enemy sub is worth 20 points. Every time you surface with six divers, the value of the enemy subs and killer sharks increases by 10, up to a maximum of 90 points each. Rescue divers start at 50 points each, then their point value increases by 50 every time you surface, up to a maximum of 1,000 points each. Also, you'll be further rewarded with bonus points for all the oxygen you have remaining in the, uh, the moment you surface. The more oxygen you have left, the more bonus points you're given. Note to owners of Sears Telegames Video Arcade, difficulty is called skill, and A is expert, B is novice. Your oxygen gauge is at the bottom of the screen. Whenever your sub is underwater, you'll be using up oxygen at a constant rate. When the oxygen tank is almost empty, a continuous beep alarm will sound, and the alarm light will flash. You have 8 seconds to surface for air! Exclamation point. If you don't surface in time, your sub will blow up and you'll lose one diver. What? Yeah, I know. Why would you sub blow up? You, your sub doesn't blow up if you lose water. Like, why? We might have to ask your Uncle Doug. What? What, he used to, he was in the Navy, he, he served on subs. We can ask him. His oxygen never ran out. Well, I hope not. Each time you're forced to surface with less than six divers, you lose one diver. Ooh, bad day for that diver. <laughs> well, he may just fall out back to the ocean. You think so? All right. And if you surface with no divers on board, you'll lose your sub. Ooh. Oh, that's why I blow up. Oh, yeah, that's that, that explains up. what happened that one time. Yeah. Killer, no, I had one. Killer sharks and enemy subs, the enemy subs being what Joel thought were, like, sea bunnies, are deadly. If your sub collides with anything except your own divers, your sub explodes. And the longer you're out in the ocean, the rougher the seas become. So after each round, take a breath. Enemy subs and sharks will increase in speed. The enemy patrol sub will appear on the surface when you've rescued your second group of six divers. Avoid it. If you collide, your sub will explode and you'll lose one diver. While you are refilling your oxygen tank, the patrol sub will move in on you. Your sub cannot move away until its oxygen tank is full, so when you surface, do, as, uh, do so as far from the patrol sub as possible. Start the game with four subs in your fleet, one ready at sea level and three waiting on the horizon. Each time you increase your score by 10,000 points, an extra sub will be delivered to your base. You can only have six reserve subs on the screen at one time. Mastering the movement of your sub will be your first and most important duty. Be careful not to oversteer. Steady as she goes is a good rule for beginners. Also, practice silent running, navigating your sub around sharks and enemy subs without firing. It takes skill to learn this technique, but remember, your real mission is to rescue divers. They're worth the most points. That's kind of the opposite of Henry's position, which is kill everything and what? show because no mercy. Because they, they trap me. Yeah, no, I get I it. Can't. There's like three of them, there's like two of them coming towards me, and I backed up against the wall. And they're so close that if I go down, I'm going to run into the bottom one. Yeah, no, I get it. Once your sea legs are steady, you can propel yourself into the sub club. And no, we don't mean sandwiches. Reach a score of 50,000 points or more, and you'll be eligible to join this prestigious organization. Just send us a picture of your TV screen with your name and address, and we'll present you with an official sub club emblem. That was back well, in the day. Well, could just Photoshop. That was back, well, they couldn't in 1983, though. Oh. I did not join the sub club. I've mentioned many times on the podcast that I don't have any of these patches or emblems, and I'm somewhat resentful for it, because I know a lot of people out there listening probably do. 
And uh, I don't want to say I don't like those people, but uh, I don't like those people. Um, anyway, we have, as they frequently do... One these, of your subscribers uh, or whatever has one. I'm just kidding. I love all my listeners. Are you sure? Yes. As frequently they do in the Activision manuals, we get a personal letter from designer, uh, the designer, in this case, Steve Cartwright. Uh, there's Steve in all his 80s hair glory. Tips from Steve Cartwright, designer of Sequest. Steve Cartwright is a senior designer of Activision. Before creating Sequest, Steve designed Barnstorming, which is also a fun game. Oh, that's right. He did Mega Mania 2. Mega Mania, I mean, not Mega Mania 2. I don't know if there is a Mega Mania 2. Although if there is, I want to know about it. When I was a kid, Mega Mania, that was my game. Uh, there were a lot of games I was good. I didn't play a lot of Atari games, frankly, uh, compared to how many there are. I had like 30, I think, which is a drop in the bucket. And I was pretty good at all of them. But Mega Mania was, that was the game that I could sit and play forever. People wouldn't play it with me because if you play like on the two-player setting, it would take forever before it was the other player's turn. So, yeah, I'd forgotten that was Steve Cartwright's game too. But you can really tell. Because, like, the oxygen bar at the bottom looks just like the power bar in Mega Mania. It sounds like it. It looks like it. A lot of the sounds are the same. The colors are kind of the same. Um, yeah, you can definitely see the, uh, the influence of the one on the other. Steve says, As you'll quickly discover, you can't join the subclub overnight. It'll take confidence, sharp aim, and lots of practice. Also, here are a couple of important points, pointers that should help. As soon as you picked up your sixth diver, start watching out for the patrol sub. It's important to surface in the right spot, especially since the patrol sub sails faster and faster as the game progresses. And every time you surface, you increase the game's level of difficulty, so keep your surfacing to a minimum. With one exception, when you've got five divers aboard and your oxygen's running low, surface to refill your oxygen supply. You'll lose one diver, but you can easily pick up two more to resurface and gain a lot of extra bonus points. Practice silent running. It's the best technique I know of to really learn underwater navigation. And next time you return to shore, drop me a note. I'd love to hear your tall tales from the high seas. Steve Cartwright. He has lovely handwriting. I'm curious if anyone ever wrote to Steve Cartwright or any other designer when you were a kid and if you got any sort of a response. And that is how you play Sequest. Atari Protoss observes that this game was not based on the, quote, crappy TV series of the same name. I kind of remember Sequest, the TV series. I think that was a Steven Spielberg thing. I never really watched it because, yeah, it didn't look very good. If any of you are diehard Sequest, the TV show fans, uh, let me know. Uh, let me know if I'm wrong and that it was an excellent show that I should seek out and pick up my you know, box set today. Sequest, the game, is a fast-paced action game where you're Yellow Submarine. And they, of course, do the uh, obligatory, we all live in a Yellow Submarine joke. Must rescue stranded divers while avoiding or shooting sharks, deadly fish, and other underwater baddies. The game kind of grows on you. You have a limited amount of air, cannot stay underwater indefinitely. Unlike a real submarine, you can replenish your air supply, even the... Huh. Unlike a real submarine, you can replenish your air supply. Even the nights are better. It's an air supply joke. By simply rising to the surface. Perhaps everyone on board just takes a deep breath before going back under? This combination of mindless shooting and strategy really makes for a well-balanced game. The game speed seems to increase exponentially, keeping you on your toes at all times. Simple yet easy to learn gameplay, wide variety of sea life, everything from fish to great whales. I'm once bitten, twice shy, baby. Man, this reviewer was on point the day they wrote this review. 
gives the feeling that you really are in a big fish tank rather than a giant ocean. Then again, maybe you're really one of those toy subs that came in cereal boxes back in the 80s, and it really is a giant fish tank. Just don't run out of baking soda, you'll never be able to surface again. That's a weird review. But basically, they like this game a lot. Alright, after the break, Sea Quest? Yes, I see Quest. Right after the break. I already said that. submarine a yellow submarine a yellow yeah, submarine come here as we speak the Beatles have released uh, yellow submarine on YouTube I haven't watched it yet but Die. It's, it's a very appropriate because the submarine in Sequest is yellow no, no, don't kill me no let me go give me it Henry's a little frustrated Die. come here the oxygen meter is basically just the power meter from Metamania which uh, I'm, not, I'm not complaining what, about. Jill walked through the living room a few minutes ago and observed that the yellow or the white no, rings just kind of looked like rabbits. Me. That's not cool. Die, 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 die. No, what? Here are the pink sharks, the famous breed of pink shark. There are the white Die. rabbits, according to Jill. You're gonna, no, yep. what? No, what? You got got. And so they let you outrun them until they decide you want. No, what? No, no. I turn. I turned to face the sharks, but it didn't turn. Would you like a rematch? Sure. All right. Hit reset. There's there should be a reset button on there. It's it's got start. There are a couple green uh, divers. Henry scooped them up. Well done. No, no, I shot that shark. It went straight through. Sorry, bud. He got you first. He shot the shark. I shot the shark. Shoot that one. There you go. And that one. What does it? What does it give you? Like aimbot? It gives you aimbot, but it doesn't give me anything. Gives me what? Aimbot. It's a aimbot. Hack. It's a hack for right. for action games. Oh. I swear, it's it's a form of hacking. Uh, come here, come aim, here. Henry says aimbot is a form of hacking. Because if you like shooting games, yeah, like Call of Duty or Fortnite, if you use aimbot. And you're considered a hacker and nobody likes you. Okay. Aimbot basically makes you the greatest, the best person playing the game. You got lucky. No, come here. No. No, yes, yes. Nice job. It makes you like the best person in the game because you always, because you always hit your shots. Yeah. Because you're really bad and that you have aimbot and you're really bad, but you're really bad. Ha. Huh. No, 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 what? It trapped me. I couldn't go it's anywhere. Interesting how when your submarine gets blown up, you don't lose all the divers you already picked up in your submarine. If you. If you. No, it trapped me again! Alright. It keeps trapping me! Alright, well, well done. We will go have a cup of coffee and relax, work out our stress, and then back to you in the studio. Hey, Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. 
Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer to the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about Sequest. Henry, do we like Sequest? A little bit. Just a little bit? Yeah, I like it. Okay. Well, what what do you like about it? Mm. It's a good game. It's a good game? Yeah. What makes it good? Mm. Yeah. It's just a good game. Alright. What don't you like about it? Mm. Yeah. My co-host has gone minimalist all on me all of a sudden. Would you play it again? Yeah. Yeah? I would too. I like this game quite a bit, actually. I agree that it does get more complicated as you go along. I mean, the, the, the concept is simple, but it gets harder to play as you go along. There seems to be more sharks and more of that silent running that you need to do. There's a little bit of strategy involved as far as, you know, should I only go up with five divers or should I hold out for six? That kind of thing. I already said that I am not at all disappointed that the uh, homages to Mega Mania are there. um, That I'll play Mega Mania or anything like it any day of the week. Yeah, so I'm very happy with this game. I wish my cartridge worked. uh, Because I like playing games on the original hardware as much as I can. I don't really even like downloading the ROMs all that much. I do, and I like having that option. But I would much prefer to have the cartridge of a game than just finding the game somewhere else. But that has nothing to do with the game itself. I like the game a lot, and I would recommend it to a friend. If I had friends, of course. Uh, I'm a podcaster, so by definition, I don't really. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story Story, story, story time. With Bill. Henry. Yeah? Do you have a story you would like to tell? No. No? No. Okay. Henry's very busy drawing some very nice it's uh, drawings. I'm making a signature character. That, as a for side note. Cover, for the cover of the, of the, um, of the coloring book. Uh, that would work. Also, uh, as a side note, I think that might work for one of the characters in the graphic novel, too. Uh, it's also going to be my signature character. Cool. Alright, so I do have a story this week. If I didn't, it would be really awkward that I played the story time theme. So here that story is. This week's story is titled, A Quest Unites the World. The post was just a shaky cell phone video. The lighting was horrible the audio nearly as bad. Most of the screen is taken up with a man in a brew pub baseball cap. He has a three-day beard growth, good teeth, 
but he wears a tortured expression. As if speaking from inside a fishbowl, the man, who is not identified, mournfully cries, See! He gestures wildly. Why no see? I need four, you see. The video ends at that point. At first, it was posted and shared from one social media account to another. The video's origins were obscured. If anyone knew who the man was or where he came from, that knowledge was lost. Maybe it was the man's wild eyes. Maybe it was his missing eyebrow. But there was something funny about him. The comments to the posts were along the lines of, Looking good, unibrow. Though to be fair, the eyebrow was over the one eye and not really a unibrow over both eyes. There was speculation about why only one eyebrow. Some sort of chicken frying incident? Boredom combined with a trimmer? A genetic anomaly? What else did he only have one of? After a while, though, the shares of the video moved from sites like Facepage and Streamer to become a meme. The meme was a particularly anguished screen capture and the caption, Why no see? I need for you see. People speculated about the odd syntax. Others thought it was charming. Perhaps English was not the man's native language? But it was still fun to drop the meme in when, say, someone would post some rambling whine about the political flashpoint of the day. Maybe the pandemic, or economic woes, or whether or not sticks and stones can actually break my bones, and if Congress should convene hearings about it. After a while, though, the unibrow can't see meme started drown drawing its own scrutiny. Who created it? Who was the guy in the video? Is the beer at the pub on his hat any good? Soon, the brew pub, the brew pub appropriated the man's likeness for t-shirts. A clear violation of intellectual property laws, but what are you going to do? You can't fight the internet. People isolated in their homes by the pandemic go out on the balconies of their apartment or stand in the driveways. They sing and dance. They applaud healthcare workers they know, and especially the ones they don't know, who still risk their lives for them. All are frustrated. Some are flat out sad. Some are sad enough they pick up the man's anguished cry. No see! Why no see? Groups of citizens respectfully social distancing start shouting in chorus, I need you see! Whether the chanting increases the people's understanding is unclear. Maybe it doesn't actually change anything. But perhaps the release of emotion it provides has benefits on its own. And that man in the brew pub cap? He lost the Scrabble game. Damn, he tells his girlfriend Octavia. If I'd gotten the seven-letter word score, I'd have beaten your butt. Octavia smirks. Really? To do it, you would have had to have four U's and two C's in one word. I really don't think that was going to happen. Also, not sure that would have been a real word. Baseball cap pouts a little. It was a quest. A sea quest? Octavia asks. Precisely. You're so weird. Weird or determined? Just weird. The world outside stumbles along. Inside, Octavia and Baseball Cap went to the other room and totally ignored social distancing guidelines. Twice. Hi! This is 8-Bit Rocket Jeff Fulton from the Into the Vertical Blank Growing Up Atari podcast. You're listening to the incomparable Bill and his wonderful stories, gameplay sessions, and just plain fun that he has with his Atari and sometimes in television systems here on the Atari Bytes podcast. We cover all things Atari from the 2600 through all the video game systems, computers, and more. Our first game system was the 2600, and we loved it. 
We still do. So when you want more Atari, come visit us in the vertical blank. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Comptech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to my buddy Henry for co-hosting again this week. Thanks, Henry. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Please remember to arrange all the letters available to you into a semblance of a five-star review of this show over there on the APPLE podcasts site. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com, like the show on our Facebook page, follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram, where you can also find Henry's art. Don't forget that. And don't forget you can call and leave us a voicemail too. 563-265-1978. We're never ever going to answer the phone. But you can leave us a message about pretty much anything you want. And there's a good chance I'll play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com, for all sorts of stuff, including information and links to episodes for this show, the same for my other podcast, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, information about books that I've written, including just some of the links to places you can buy those books, all sorts of good things. Go check that out. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes Patreon page, or by picking up shirts and mugs in the AB underscore pod underscore store on Zazzle.com, which someday is going to be updated, maybe with a t-shirt that says, you know, always have your red fire button in the upper left corner, only more elegant than that. Oh, and speaking of the Patreon, big shout out to current patrons, Michael Tyler, Jose Caseta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. You guys are awesome. Thanks for supporting the show. If you want to be like those guys, and support the show on Patreon, you can get, did I just say this? You can get possibly episodes early. You can get maybe bonus content. We do various things that we don't talk about on this podcast, including uh, our ongoing review of the weird, 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 not to mention weird, cartoon series, Pac-Man the Ghostly Adventures, and other things that we do over there uh, as bonus thank yous to you guys for supporting the show. So go do that thing uh, whenever you're able. All right. Unless Henry has anything else to say, all that's left is to to tell you guys what's next on the podcast. No, I don't. All right. Well, next time on Atari Bytes, Beam Rider. We're going to pull out the flashback again and play that game. I've never heard of it before. I don't know what it is or what it's about, but uh, we're going to check it out. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.